Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Communal Table Podcast, part of Food & Wine Pro. I'm your host, Kat Kinsman, and things have changed a lot in the last few days since we last recorded. Um, Just caveat on the sound here. I am working from my home in Brooklyn, New York, practicing social distancing and uh, talking to a lot of people on the phone who are scared. We are all in a state of um, confusion and terror in a lot of uh, cases and and just trying to do the absolute best we can um, in the circumstances given, which are are pretty unprecedented. The thing I keep coming back to is um, in any moment that I have where I feel like being crabby at at someone or complaining about some little little thing, realizing, you know what, We, we are all just trying our best right now and um, you know we have the opportunity to practice some compassion there and it's just something I have to keep reminding myself along with uh, unclenching my jaw loosening my my shoulders and and taking a breath um, because we're we're living in uncertain times and you know food and wine uh, pro we very much want to be a source of of guidance and for, for people who are trying to navigate these uh, these difficult times that are changing hour by hour, the recommendations that we are being given um, community by community and on a federal level are, are changing constantly. Um, you know, we're updating the website as best we can and we'll put something up and, you know, an hour or two later, uh, things, things have changed. So please bear with us during this time. Um, I have gotten the chance today to talk with um, a couple of really incredible people. Uh, who are leading the charge uh, where, where they are, are or trying to keep uh, good care of their community. And, you know, they have some really important stuff that they have to say. Um, first, I spoke with uh, Kate Holichick, who has set up an incredible uh, resource um, via Facebook uh, with, with a friend of hers. Um, it is called Industry United. And I saw it grow from you know, just starting a couple days ago to being in the, the thousands of members. And it's all restaurant people from around the country who are trying to figure out how to navigate things in this incredibly fast-moving and tricky time, whether you're a restaurant that is trying to pivot from you know uh, dining room service to doing delivery or curbside, maybe restaurants that are in a position of having to let go of, of some of their workers. Um, you know, finding resources for those people so they can quickly uh, file for unemployment or other kinds of relief. But, you know, it was how, how to take care of people while they're having a really difficult time. I also spoke with Amanda Toops of uh, Toops Meadery in New Orleans, which is a town that is very, very dependent on tourism. Um, and it is a city that is m- maybe the most joyous eating city in the United States, Um and she's she's very full full disclosure. She's a very good friend of mine, and I have seen her her restaurant that she runs with her husband, uh, Chef Isaac Toops. I've, I've seen them from, you know, basically birth <laughs> to this moment that we're living in right now, where everybody is uh, trying to support the people around them and and stay afloat themselves. So um, let me uh, l- let's hear from them. Uh, so. Okay, so if you would say your name and what it is that you're working on right now, because it's so crucial what you're doing right now. Uh, my name is Kate Holichick, and I am now an out-of-work pastry chef that uh, is currently working to put systems in place amongst the industry uh, to protect us and also help others. 
Okay, and the name of the group that you have started? Uh, Industry United, and I started alongside my friend Keith Saracen, who's a chef in New Hampshire that owns a restaurant called Greenleaf in Milford, New Hampshire. Okay, it's it's been amazing watching this group grow from just a couple days ago. Um, I forget who sort of tagged me um, in there, and I started inviting people. But it's it went from zero to thousands I think of people. We're close to 8, now. Oh my god, I, I can't tell you. I look at it several times a day um, to try yeah. just you know see how everybody is, see how I can support people, see how people are supporting each other, and that is the extreme beauty of it. <laughs> but but you said. Yeah, I, I just want to ask real quickly, you said currently you're an out-of-work pastry chef. How recently did that happen? I would say not necessarily out-of-work. I'm just saying that more like uh, I'm literally going to have a meeting at 430 to see what we're, if we're doing takeout or not and then going from there. Because one thing that I'm working at my restaurant, uh, Ledger in Salem, uh, Massachusetts, is that we're a relatively large-sized restaurant. And we are looking to see what we can use our space for, like, if we were to set up like a food bank slash commissary, like doing that or like making sure we're getting, you know, food in the hands of people that need it and also like taking care of our staff. So we're getting debriefed on all that today and seeing where we're going from that. And also if takeout is feasible for us and like what does that entail? So, yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see. Everything's like kind of uncertain and like it's fun and interesting to learn on the fly, I guess. That's the best way to look at it. So. But at the same time, you were one of the first people I saw step up and, and, and do something. I mean, this is why I love chefs and restaurant people, because a crisis happens and immediately y'all are like, what do I do to help? Even if you're living you know, in deeply uncertain times, you know, there's yeah. the Mr. Rogers thing about, you know, look to the helpers. The chefs are always the helpers. Exactly. Like, uh, it's a true test to me and uh, my friend Keith, who started the group, uh, is our, of our character so he spoke to me about it he's like do you think we can get some traction because him and i are both like we both have really bad anxiety yeah oh I'm, same <laughs> yeah and my boyfriend would see that i was on my phone i was like reading more articles and learning more i'm like oh my god like things might shut down like this is terrible and like and you, and you could see in my face like you know he's like get off your phone like you need to and then uh, i was sitting at his bar um that he worked at and uh, I was on my phone with Keith, and he's like, let's start this group. So I start doing that, and then I start to aggressively invite people. And, like, it, it just starts branching off because we all know someone. That person knows someone in Las Vegas that has a friend in New York City, or they went to a cocktail conference, so now they know all these people that they're, they're friends. So it, it just has spread like wildfire, and it's, it's starting a lot of big, important conversations we need to have in the industry. Uh, the biggest one is seeing all the flaws. Like, you know, our, our, our whole restaurant industry collapses. How do we protect ourselves? Yeah. And how are we, you know, uh, answering the bigger questions, who do we talk to about rent forgiveness? Um, are are we eating? How are we, you know, taking care of each other that way? And it's just like a lot of big conversations. It's just interesting to see what everybody brings to the table because we're from all different walks of life. And it's, I think that it's like one of the reasons why I love the industry. It's like there's so many creative people and a lot of people like, like chefs, we're uh, problem solvers, we're managers, so we're so used to, you know, being approached with a problem that we've never dealt with, and we're like, all right, how am I going to handle this? Right. It's, yeah, and now this is like, we're, we're dealing with, like, life problems now, so it's, uh, it's interesting to see us think on the fly, but I've been taking a lot of phone calls with friends, and we're, uh, a lot of us are uh, collaborating in a bunch of different markets to put some big systems in place uh, to take care of each other, so... Yeah, because so much of this is a systemic uh, problem because it taps into wage workers and the lack yeah. of protection that they have, the lack of health care 
that that people have because yeah. I'm you know I'm seeing all these sort of like feel good things about like oh well yeah you can get uh, you know sick pay if you come down uh, you know, with coronavirus. But the thing is, you know, it shouldn't have to take something so catastrophic as that for people who are hourly workers to get healthcare. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at some of the solutions that restaurants are coming up with. And it's amazing how nimble people are. But there are some people who are better set up to do takeout delivery um, than others. There are some people who, you know, maybe have just different systems in place. Um, I'm definitely worried about uh, front of house workers who are, who are reliant on tips and, and what they should do. And so it seems as if, you know, there aren't, there are people who have regular wages. There are people who have shift wages. I've already seen people um, being laid off. How are, how are you seeing this sort out right now? What are the biggest buckets that you're currently seeing? So that, that's one of the major ones. It's like making sure we're, we're getting uh, money into the hands of the people that, you know, relied on, you know, uh, like tips and stuff like that and making sure that they have some sort of, uh, like, security blanket. And, like, we all know that we're not going to make the money that we used to, like, on a Saturday night or something. So just making sure that they feel comfortable because most, like, all of our money is now going towards, I mean, if, like, we get along to the side of, like, getting rent and stuff forgiven, like, it's going towards food. Yeah. So one thing that I'm working with a lot of people on different markets right now is finding ways to uh, allocate money from different industries, whether it be the liquor industry, like finding, like, you know, looking at the fine print and seeing if we're able to allocate that money that would be used for spend, you know, for events and, you know, at bars and see if we could somehow use it for food purchase and make sure that we're getting food in the hands of bartenders and servers and flying cooks and have them not worry about that. Yeah. And then they, they may have money also, like that's not allocated towards food. Yeah. So this... that, that, that's like the biggest conversation that we're working with. I think a lot of people are freaking out in the traditional sense. Like I, I always freak out about rent and like loan <laughs> payments and stuff. And like yeah. that, that, that's not like, uh, I, I hate to tell people it's not priority right now. Like in this world, we're going to have to see a lot of compassion. Like we're going to have to put a lot of differences aside. We need to come together as a country and we need to like, really understand that this is bigger than any of us and like this is a worldwide thing like most of the world is shut down right now like insanity yeah so are you are you feeling are you are you seeing sort of state local federal resources uh come into place or is that still kind of uh murky uh for you at this point is it mostly sort of social resources like amongst you know particular groups are you seeing any help from um government
yeah, you're in a room full of 250 people, but one of them has the coronavirus, and let's say they didn't wash their hands, like, you're yeah. infecting a large group of people, it just makes it worse, so. Yeah. It, 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 we've definitely been seeing it firsthand, so. Yeah, I mean, New York, you know, where where I am right now, we're recording this from my lockdown apartment in, in Brooklyn, New York right now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I'm going to sort of lampshade this at the, the top of the you know podcast that we're, we're putting it out there. If sound isn't as you know good as usual, we're trying our we're trying our best here. Um, so if yeah. I, if I am a suddenly laid off person in the service industry who comes to you upset like what would you tell me if I'm a, a front of house person, a back of house person or something whose restaurant is, is has gone to take out or closed and there isn't really a role for me? What's What would be the best thing I could do right now? Basically, it's just like being smart about it and getting your ducks in a row. So, you know, make sure that you have all the verbiage you need to file for unemployment. Uh, make sure that you're having the important conversations uh, as in like talk to your landlord and like you know, be honest with them, be like, this is the situation, you know, I'm going to be tight on money, like, for a little bit, like, can I at least get this month's uh, rent forgiven, you know, like, the big mm-hmm. overhead, um, if they're still able to take phone calls, call your student loan companies, and uh, I know there's no interest rates, but just make sure you can put your payments on hold, and just, like, get all the financial burden off you, because that's where all the stress is coming from, yeah. you know, most people, that's why we have these jobs, and, you know, the restaurant industry, like, sometimes doesn't pay that well, especially uh, line cooks and whatnot. And that's a, a bigger conversation for another day, but, you know, now they have even more to panic about. So if you can get those in, like, a row, then you can start attacking other things. Like, you know, do I have enough food? Like, I need to budget what money I do have until I get on an unemployment. So it's just, it's literally a day-by-day, almost hour-by-hour assessment. Yeah. And uh, I would, I also stress a lot to my friends, like, take care of yourself. It's easier said than done. It's easy to get in your head, but have some practices, you know, that you have in your home. And just make sure that you're having normal semblance of life. Like, make sure that you're eating breakfast. Like, take a few minutes, shut off your phone, or, or like at least have it close by if you're waiting for a phone call to separate friends. But like, don't be looking at the internet like every five seconds. Like, you know, I I did last night. I watched some good trash TV with my boyfriend. Like, you know, just to take your mind off it. Yeah. Just like, just to get away. We opened a nice beer together. Like, you know, checking on your friends and uh, make sure people are good. Like, keep open channels of conversation because. If you hold yourself up in your house and you get into, like, the dark hole of your brain and, like, the internet and the news, and then it just only goes snowball from there. So it's, it's just being smart about your mental health. Yeah. I mean, as a as a fellow anxious person, you know, I find myself going into hypervigilance and sort of thinking I must read everything and try to save the world and, and then not going to bed until really late. And that's really incredibly unhealthy. So, you know, I've tried yeah. I've tried to personally put in some practices. Um, the Calm app, uh, you know, has a bunch of free stuff right now, yeah. as does uh, Headspace. And those are really great. Um I'm, I also found that for people who are in recovery, there's a great thing called In the Rooms, and they're sharing all their virtual meetings, their virtual live meetings, which I think is really, oh, in, awesome. yeah, it's really incredibly crucial right now. And I also guide people um, to uh, Crisis Text Line, which is 741741, and it's available 24-7 for people who are in crisis and need to, you know, just have a communication with somebody for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know... I know this is an evolving situation and I'm probably going to ask to interview you again. Um, but what is the best thing that you think the public can do right now if they want to, when all this is over, still have 
restaurants to go back to and be able to support the people who are um, working with them or laid off from them? What what are you seeing right now at this particular moment on Monday, March 15th, the best thing that they can do? Uh, the best thing is like right now is like, uh, you know, places that you know that are blatantly doing takeout, make sure that you're ordering from them and like supporting them that way. A lot of, uh, I keep up on social media, like, you know, a lot of, uh, especially in the Boston community, we, we pride ourselves on like our regulars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, check, check in with your local bar you go to, check in with your local restaurants, or even like if you're friendly with the owner, like make some sort of contact and see, like we have uh, Trina Starlight Lounge in uh, Somerville. They set up a Venmo account for staff. So uh, people, regulars, anybody can donate money to it, and it gets dispersed amongst the staff. So it's like, be smart about that. Uh, buying gift cards from your favorite restaurants, a lot of them offer them online. So, you know, purchasing those because that puts money directly in the pocket of the restaurant immediately. So that kind of stuff, and then you're going to come back when they reopen. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's like the big thing that we're trying to do, and then we're going from there. So. Yeah, and and I'm really hoping that uh, you know everywhere is going to be able to reopen. I saw somebody crabbing on on Twitter as people do crab on Twitter. I'll caveat that, saying, "Well, what if the restaurant shuts down?" I'm like, "You helped them with debt." <laughs> I mean, really, like that's a thing because because it, it's not like once you shut a place down, like you don't have you know you know, debt to, to still pay off and stuff. So I, I really think the gift card thing is good. And we're actually working on a, a story right now about kind of the ins and outs and gift cards and when ways to set it up. But I, I'm so, so grateful to all of the work that you are doing. If people want to um, become part of your community, what is the best way that they can do that? I think it's just like we have it as a closed group right now just because we try to monitor. We've got a, a few snakes in there that want to, you know, uh, spread some, you know, negativity and also spread panic. And we're not looking for that. So, they can just like you know, I hate to say it, like a lot of people are seeing it. Uh, just look for the group. We approve of it. We you know scope out people and like it's easy enough to find us. Industry on uh, United. Excuse me. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the link. We'll put a link in the description of, of this. Um, so so people can. Yeah, and, and we have a bunch of them like moderating it and like you know uh, keeping tabs on it. But we're just trying to bring together the community. Uh, because I thought as I said, this all stemmed from me freaking out. I'm like, what can I do? And that's just the type of person I'm, I'm like, I'd rather problem solve to keep my mind off things than, you know, as I said, get too far into my head. Yeah. So, I, but uh, as you go, going back to what you were saying about, like, gift cards, when we do support restaurants, if a restaurant shuts down, like, I keep trying to stress people, we can't think of things right now in the traditional sense, like, traditional systems and stuff, like, restaurants are going to close down if they don't sell enough takeout, like, this is going to make something huge happen. Yeah. Because we, we can't lose an entire restaurant industry. That's not going to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how we're doing it. And I'm working with a few other chefs, uh, talking to legislation, and bringing a lot of this stuff to the forefront, like a lot of stuff that needs to get forgiven in the meantime, um, what breaks we can give to restaurants so that they're not worried. Like, we can do the takeout. We can use money towards that and make sure that people are, you know, getting food. But then we can come back to the restaurant once things are lifted. So they, that shouldn't have to be a worry. Basically, that, that's all this is for, is like, making sure that people of all walks of life in the industry don't have to worry. You are awesome. I, I really am so grateful for how you are, are using this moment to benefit others. And I just hope you're taking really, really good care of yourself. Promise me you will have a really good deep breath later. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I even tell people, I'm like, oh, I probably might go cry later, but it's, like, healthy. Like, <laughs> not, I have no shame. I'm just as vulnerable as everybody else, but I'm also, like, uh, know that I can bear the weight of a lot of things because it's just, like, how my brain operates. Uh, my dad was in the Navy for 22 years, so I kind of taken his disposition of, like, being very, like, compartmentalized. I'm like, turn up a lot of emotions, get in, but it's fine. Like, 
I mean, I still have that compassion inside that I want to do good for others and to make people comfortable, not to have people worry. It just breaks my heart to hear people like some of my bartender friends, like, I've only worked at this place for like a month. I don't think I'm going to be eligible for unemployment. And where is my next meal going to come from? Like, that, that shouldn't be a question. Like, we're, we're all humans, so and we need to look at this at a human level. It's I, not, you know, anything beyond that. Politics don't come into this. Like, it, we're trying to take care of humans because we're in a real dire situation right now. I so appreciate everything you're doing, and thank you, and I'll put all the, the links into the podcast. Hi, say, my friend, I know who you are, but say, say your name and your business, please. Hello, my name's Amanda Toops, my husband Isaac Toops, and I own Toops Meadery in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. Where some stuff happened today, can you tell me about what's going on? A whole lot of stuff happened today, so we've been sort of dealing with this um, minute by minute, like the rest of the country has, but... We are now, um, the virus is spreading per capita here so quickly that um, we are now pretty much on a lockdown. All the restaurants are um, allowed to only do curbside delivery and to-go foods now. Um, and like I said, it's changing minute by minute. Like yesterday afternoon, it was, um, they wanted us to go to half capacity. Before that, it was like, just follow, you know, washing your hands. Which you sure do anyway. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um make sure the sanitizer and that kind of stuff so it's literally second by second and i if i'm a betting woman i'm not usually but i think there'll eventually be a full complete shutdown and for new orleans that is uh that's that's the that's the beating heart it's it's devastating we are essentially losing our entire busy season and then we're going to go into our very slowest season and so we're looking at six months of just dying on the vine that's what we're not going to be have guests in town until October I would say my god so how to give people sort of the stakes of what you are up against how many people are on your team um you know 20 to 25 between you know we're a fairly small restaurant we seat about 50 inside and another 30 outside when it's beautiful so we go you know from a 50 seat restaurant to an 80 seat restaurant up and down when it's nice yeah um but we're busy. We're usually very busy. And yeah. We had seen a ton of growth this year. January, we had seen 32% growth. In February, 41%. Yeah. So we were just like You're... on top of the world. Yeah. We were like, this is great. It's going to be the best busy season ever. So we brought in some additional support staff. And so, you know, now here we are. Um, and so they're sending out these unemployment guides for us to give to our hourly people. Um, and I, I, I'm going to do everything I can can to keep my salary people employed yeah of course i mean the thing that i have found uh so i've been talking to people in you know new york where we know from disaster in houston where they do as well having faced you know hurricanes and everything new orleans um you all ran up against you know one of the biggest uh disasters in in u.s history um with with hurricane katrina and so i feel like some cities are uniquely prepared to deal with uh crisis and and what happens uh, but this is a different situation because you know everybody is dealing with and i know that uh, during katrina isaac was able to go and work i think it was in florida right Right. Yeah, Chef Emerald sent us to Orlando. Right. Yeah, and that is the thing. If this is is happening everywhere, I know that it is is different stakes. Um, what are you seeing with the restaurant community, the the people around you? Because I know, I know y'all are really tight um, in in New Orleans. We are a very tight community. 
and all of us are seeing the writing on the wall. We know we're all not going to make it. Yeah. And that's, that's just, that's, that's just, I mean, I want to cry right now thinking about it. Feel free. (laughs) We cry on this podcast. This is what we do. My girlfriends and I were like, has anyone cried yet? Has anyone had like a good sit down cry? And I was like, not yet. I haven't allowed myself to do it, but I feel it coming. Yeah. Yeah. We know that, that, that the reality of this is if they don't get us some assistance soon, and I mean soon, within a couple of weeks, that our management will have to all be let go. Yeah. And, you know, they're not going to make it on unemployment. I mean, I've seen what the unemployment checks look like. They're two, three hundred dollars a week. That's, yeah. That's nothing. And, um, and then, so what does that mean? You know, what is that? What are we looking at then? So, and, and I'm prepared, like I said, that we're looking at this type of scenario for, for six months or yeah. more. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of restaurants that can't do a week, two weeks. It's not, people have this uh, notion and maybe it's, it's starting to come through that, you know, Hey, restaurants, you know, they have all this backing or whatever. Like, sure. There are some restaurant groups that maybe they do. This is such a tight margin business and people really are living week to week, month to month. And, you know, and especially the people who, who work for them. So people don't have these, these reserves. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing some liquor companies step up. I saw Jameson yesterday uh, like pledge half a million dollars to, you know, the Bartender's Guild. Uh, and that is so wonderful. And that is a drop in the bucket. It's, yeah, a tiny drop, right? So what do you see in place uh, where you are? What are the, the sort of social support systems like for, for people um, who are, you know, economically challenged, who are dealing with healthcare issues. Um, is, not enough. Yeah, yeah. Not just plain and simple, not enough. And I had somebody, I was talking with a, a bar owner today, and uh, she would, you know, she had mentioned um, that a person in her family went to AA meetings in person every day. Yeah. And that's ending. Yeah. And that person needs that support. So, I mean, we're not even just uh, from a purely selfish perspective and thinking a lot about the restaurants and those people that work there, but everybody, you know, is, is, is mental health is going to be severely impacted from this. Cause we know how you, a lot of us in the service industry, you know, why we we're in service industry because we need to be around people. Yep. Yep. And so that's a part of it for a lot of people. And so I think that the isolation that's going to come from this is going to be a massive mental health challenge for a lot of people. Um, I think it's going to be a massive, and especially in New Orleans, uh, yeah, yeah, we're such a social society. Um, you know, so all of us restaurant people are we're all reaching out. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, now they just told us what we have to do. Yeah. So we we finally at least know what we have to do for right now. Um, but then there's only so much to go food that you know to compete for. Yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, are are you currently adapting uh, your restaurant for for takeout? Yes. So Isaac was uh, there today. Um, and was like, all right, we're going to blow through, you know, what we got. And then he's already developed a smaller menu that we'll do to go food with. Um, don't worry, New Orleans, you can still get banana cracklings. <laughs> those, those cracklings are mental health support, honestly. Right. For me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, but at the same time, you know, we already had, uh, a member of management whose girlfriend was sent home because somebody she worked with is being tested. Yep. So now what does that mean? Yeah. I don't know if we'll have the staff to even run it. Yeah. I mean, for, for what it's worth for people who go to meetings daily, um, I was, I was looking up those resources. There's a thing called in the rooms. I don't remember if it's in the rooms.com or org, but I'll, I'll put this in, in the links and it is live virtual meetings. And I know that that is not the same as 
in person, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really necessary thing. I know that, um, Ben's friends, uh, which, uh, don't know if they had opened yet in New Orleans or not, but they were looking to do it. Um, they were doing in-person meetings as long as they can in their various cities. And then, I was uh, texting with Steve Palmer, one of the founders of it, last night, and he was like, "You know, we're we're chefs and and restaurant restaurant people. We're an ornery bunch, and uh, you know, we're we're going to figure out how to go virtual if if need be." I mean, New Orleans to me, you know. So, full disclosure for anybody who's listening to this, Amanda is a very dear friend of mine, yes, and ma'am. I met her at her restaurant. Uh, fell in love. Didn't know I was going to get a great meal and uh, a sister out of the whole thing. And (laughs) that was a really good day. Thank you, puppy Tooker. And, uh, you know, and the thing that I have seen as I have gotten to know New Orleans better and better and better, um, because I went down there first as a reporter um, and then, you know, developed a huge friend network there is that y'all take care of each other in such a deep and fundamental kind of way. And it's, you know, it's a time when you know, you, you've been through Katrina and you saw people who stepped up as leaders and you saw, you know, people who maybe tried to take advantage of the situation in various mm-hmm. ways. Um, mm-hmm. So do you see people stepping up as as leaders uh, locally at this at this time? Do you feel like, you know, they you know look to the helpers? I keep saying this on this podcast, but I keep thinking right. about it. Do you see people well, who are doing that? Not yet, because we've all been going, all right, we're going to wait and see, we're going to wait and see, we're going to wait and see. Yeah. And so, honestly, we were all like, okay, let's try and be as normal as possible for as long as possible. <laughs> there is no normal. There's yeah. no normal. There's no There's normal. There's no normal. We, you know, we were like, oh, and then when the schools closed yeah. for a month, at least, um, then we were all like, okay, now this affects our workers who are single moms and um, who need childcare and all of those things. So it's it, it just developed so quickly over the last few days yeah. that we, we kind of, there hasn't been that moment yet. You know, everyone's just trying to take care of what's in house. We're all going, all right, you, you know, people right around us. And, you know, we have a close network of, of chef friends that we've all been communicating with, but we're all going, what are you doing? And we've all just said, I'm scared as fuck right now. Yeah. That's yeah. What we're all saying because we're now, it's, it's different. I was, we were talking about Katrina because we're all having flashbacks, of course. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Katrina. Well, we were all the managers and sous chefs during that time. Yeah. And now we're the owners and it's completely different. You know, it's a whole different level of scary where if we miss two weeks of business, we may lose our entire business that we fought for for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that is the thing. And I mean, is there, you know, everybody's going uh, through this right now and that's sort of the the scary you know thing I was I, I was uh refrain trying to refrain from getting too feisty on Twitter last night which is a place to get feisty and uh and and somebody was sort of you know criticizing like you know food media and stuff and I had to say back to him like we're all we're reporting on a situation that we're also going through and and that's right. that's the difference I've been checking in on my reporter friends because usually we can have some sort of distance you report the story and you care and it affects you in a huge way as if you go home from it there's we're all this is the first sort of situation in in my lifetime where we're all going through it in the same kind of way you know i lived in new york during 9 11 the rest of the country was scared and stuff but it wasn't the same as living here you know we saw people go through katrina and stuff but we were sort of remote this is one of the the few times that we've all seen this this happen and exactly and you know that's what scares me cat because if it was Katrina or 9-11, so then the government comes in and puts 
their full resources behind that one area. Now it's yeah. the entire country. How do they do that? Especially when I don't really trust the person running it, I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's just, I mean, simple. It's fact. And so, you know, they're saying that they're going to, of course, we'll have to pay them back, but of course. Um, they're going to get SBA loans to, to small businesses. But it's like, so now we're going to have another bill every month to, you know, after losing all this business, but we're going to have to. I'm going to have to apply for that SBA loan. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to. Yeah. I mean, I, it, that's, that's the thing is I think people are, you know, that's what we're, we're trying our, our, our best, you know, food and wine to tell consumers what the best thing is to help out, um, restaurants and, and other, you know, small businesses who are hurting, um, right now. And, you know, we're trying to sort of figure that out, but, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, if you get gift cards now, then you know, they have to, you know, something down the line or whatever. So we're just trying to figure out like, what are the best things that we can do, kind of triage right now for all of us who depend on restaurants they we love our neighborhood restaurants it's it's where we you know it's where we come together it's where we celebrate it's where we you know get together during a hard time it's where we congregate and i keep telling people if you don't support the businesses now they won't be there for you um when all of so what are you what in this moment at you know afternoon on monday march 15th 2020 what do you see as the best thing that the general public can do to help keep restaurants and the people who work in them afloat? Please, please, please tip when you come in and get that to-go food and whenever you get your delivery and tip well if you can. If you can, if you're able to, please, please tip and please tip well. Mm -hmm. These people are, you know, they're living hand to mouth right now and it's about to get a lot scarier. That is my, that is my absolute suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was yelling at you the other day via text, like, do you have gift certificates? And you said, yeah, you know, you know, come in and you come in and get one or talk to our manager. I'm like, put that on the front page of your website. <laughs> and, yeah. Right. Thank you for me. I need to, I can get that on the, on the. Yeah. Um, a lot of restaurants are finding out that, um, their POS systems actually have a built-in, uh, like thing. You just have to sort of activate that part of the POS for gift certificates and and websites do too. Like I know Squarespace has that, you know, and it's just something like a functionality that you have to turn on. And that is uh, a good thing. Yeah. Our POS is is ready for it. I just hadn't put it on the website to buy online. Yeah. Cause you didn't, you didn't have to think about, about, you you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, I can, you know, I can, I know the care that you and Isaac take with your team. I know that your team is family to you. And, and some of them have become people who I absolutely love and adore. And, and I want, you know, I want to be able to go into the restaurant and see, you know, Twee's face or Larry's face or, right. you know, all, and all of that. And, you know, and I, I just, I cannot implore enough, uh, you know, people who are listening to this, who, you know, are, are not, you know, everybody's scared, but people who might not be in, in the industry to do what you can to say, if you, ideally, if you listen to this podcast, because you love people in the industry and, you know, and just support them as much as you possibly can right now. And, you know, I was talking to Amanda Cohen the other day and she was like, you know, yes, the gift certificates are great and all that kind of stuff is, she's like, even if you just want to drop us a line and tell us that you will be back, like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually had a woman send me a message. It was really sweet. She said, I'm immune compromised, but Saturday night I came in to the restaurant to have my one last hurrah meal. And I just can't tell you how much it meant to me to see you and Isaac there. Yeah. And I was just like, we rooting for you. Let's clink a glass soon, you know, stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It meant a lot, you know, it really does that. I mean, I think, you know, we all just have to take care of each other in, in the most fundamental ways we can. And what do you, how are you messaging all of this to your team? 
Oh, we're in constant email and text message uh, format. So Larry's taking care of all the front of the house people, and Isaac is communicating with all the back of the house, and I'm communicating with Larry and Isaac. So we're just all, you know, moving forward. I just, um, <laughs> we're going to sign up for Grubhub. I've never done that. <laughs> but we're going to sign up for Grubhub and see if it, you know, if it helps. Yeah. If anything helps. Our open table team has reached out to us and said, let us know what you need. Yeah. You know, let us help you market yourselves in this in this way because frankly i I think it's going to be longer than the april 14th or whatever they said yeah yeah i mean i think right now we have just have to plan plan for um indefinite you know stuff and you know please know that the the second i get the all clear i'm running down to new orleans and i can't i know we're gonna miss our easter (laughs) yeah because we you know we have we have a tradition of of doing that and you know, I just want to, I want to support you and the people who work, uh, for you, you know, as much as I can. Um, you know, the drum I beat all the time. What are you doing to take care of yourself during this time? Um, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> sorry. Restaurant. I wanted to give you a positive thing, but then I was like, I'm not going to lie to my friend. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah. And also, well, I also want to say, so, so many people who work in this business have kids and if the yeah. schools are out, you know, childcare is another hurdle you have to face. And I know, you know, right now you're, you're, um, having to hunker down on a lot of that. And right. We are, um, this is the terrifying part. So they closed for a month. We're doing distance learning, which is interesting. So yeah. like Google class is happening for Poppy and you know, my kids are bilingual, so they're having to learn French and English from a distance. And then Ivy has got another one called Hold on, let me see what it's called. Anyway, it's another distance learning thing. Um, so that starts Wednesday. So it'll keep them somewhat occupied for a couple hours during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also lucky enough to have a pool. So <laughs> swimming, I'm, because they're driving me nuts, I'm like, oh, outside. <laughs> um, but the CDC has been quietly telling, I've got some friends who are teachers saying, the one month isn't long enough. It should be two. Yeah. And that means then they go right into summer. So we're talking about these kids out of school for five months. Wow. Yeah. I mean, New York... It is quite possibly until the end of the school year um, for right now. And, and I know child care has been, you know, a r- real issue for a lot of people and definitely a lot of people uh, who, who work in, in restaurants. And, yeah. you know, it's it's tough times out there. And, you know, I, I wish I could provide people with <laughs> concrete answers about stuff. You know, we're all we're all you know, do what we can to change it right now. But, you know, all I can say is, you know, we're going to keep checking in and, you know, food and wine. Is, yeah, and I think that would be the quickest way to get through this. Is the federal government's got to come through right now? They yeah, need to get us the money in hand right now. Let us shut everything down the, except for groceries and pharmacies, and everyone do like Italy's doing right now. And I think we can get through it in a month, but not with like half-ass measures. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't not operate and not pay my, my my at least my management. So I've got to do this to go thing just to so hopefully I can keep my management paid. Yeah. Yeah. And please tell me you're doing those burgers to go. <laughs> we will be doing burgers to go and that awesome fried chicken sandwich with crackling some boudin. You know, it, it actually occurs to me the first time I went to New Orleans, it was it was as a reporter, but the, th- the story I was doing in particular was about how food got uh, New Orleans through a lot because y'all are the most dining obsessed city I have ever Absolutely. been to in my entire life. And, you know, it is it is my great hope that all of us who, you know, who love you and and the culture that that you are a part of are going to be able to be part of the solution um, for this, too. 
and, and let me send my well wishes from uh, from isolation to every restaurant worker in America because we're all going through this right now. Every every single restaurant owner is scared in America right now. I don't care how rich you are, and and every single server is scared right now. And dishwasher and busser and I've got a dishwasher that we just just got housing. He was homeless when he first started working oh. for us. We didn't even know that. What's yeah. going to happen to him? Yeah. So you know this is the crisis that we're talking about. And you know what? I, I hope that we can come out of this situation and have a really, really thoughtful and positive conversation about how we take care of our people after this. Yeah. Uh, and what does that mean in America, modern America? Yeah. I mean, I think this is fundamentally going to change the restaurant industry. I know it is going to, there's no think uh, there. There's just, I, I know it, but also how we treat wage workers and hourly, yeah. our, hourly and tipped people. I mean, it's, you know, this is this is exposing exposing the flaws in our systems more than anything I've ever ever seen. And you know, I really hope that we can you know come through it as safely as possible, and then take a really good hard look at, at how we treat the people um, around us who are, who are the most vulnerable. And I and I hope that the diners, you know, our our guests that we our patients that we love and adore and have been with us for eight years, can can take a look at themselves too and go. What are you willing to pay for something? Yeah. Because if I have to pay essentially two thirteen an hour to a server, and you you know throw down a couple now I don't want to I don't want to minimize it. My servers do very well, but they're scared right now. Yeah. So if I was able to raise their pay in a way, and also my dishwashers yeah. and my line cooks in a way that that they had some stability, would you be willing to pay twenty two dollars for a hamburger? Yeah. Yeah, this 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 is fundamentally going to change everything. And I've been saying for a long time to people that cheap food costs somewhere, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, thank you so much for talking to me of during course. you know what it's is always this? a pleasure to talk to my friend. Oh, I love you. I'm going to turn off the recorder. I'm gonna... living in some uh, very uncertain times, and I so appreciate all of the people who are trying to take care of the people around them, um, whether it is their fellow restaurant workers, their neighbors, their their community. The reason I love food, the reason I do the job that I do is because the people who work in the hospitality industry are some of the best people I know. They want to feed people. They want to give them respite from the every other part of their life. Um, they, they want to feed you. They want to take care of you. And they're um, in a really uncertain time right now, and uh, you know, they're, but they're still banding together and and taking care of the people around them. And I appreciate that so much. Um, if you want to see what Kate is uh, doing, um, a constantly evolving resource, it is on Facebook. It's called Industry United. Um, Amanda Toops is at toopsmeadery.com, and you know, we'll we'll keep checking in with them. Um, I also wanted to, I'm trying to remember what I threw out during the podcast, but In the Rooms is an online resource where you can go to virtual meetings about addiction and recovery and, you know, so, uh, across all different um, kinds of, it gets substance abuse and, and uh, other issues. So those are really, really vital for um, this particular uh, period in time. Uh, crisis text line is available 24-7 by texting 741-741. Text the word home or honestly, I think they'd respond to any word that you sent there and there will be somebody there to talk you through um, whatever, you know, 
crisis that you're going through right now, it's all text driven and it's a really wonderful and important and beautiful uh, resource. Um, so this podcast is part of Food and Wine Pro and we are doing our best to stay on top of information right now and share with you everything that we are hearing um, up to the moment is going to things, like I said, things change hour by hour. And uh, we're, we're trying to keep all of our, our work updated there. So if you go to foodwine.com, there's a link to pro. Please go there and um, and sign up for the newsletter as well uh, that we are going to be sending out. We send it out on a weekly basis and we try to include the most relevant information, relevant and useful information for what is going on in the industry at the time. Um, and it's notes from our editor-in-chief, Hunter Lewis, and um, some from me and, and our associate restaurant editor, Osette Babur and a weekly meditation uh, from uh, Kelsey in our test kitchen, who is a certified uh, uh, meditation instructor and really one of the most calming and lovely humans on the planet. So there's always a little moment of reflection from her. I am on Twitter. Um, I'm kitten with a whip. And uh, right now I'm always kind of, but especially right now, I'm always focusing on telling people if you're listening to this and you realize that you're sitting in a hunched position, maybe with your jaw locked, maybe you, like me, or a person who picks your thumb, give yourself a minute to loosen your muscles and unclench and take a breath and let your body calm down as much as it can right now. Um, right now, stress is inevitable. <laughs> it is completely natural if you're feeling it right now, but you can't let it hurt yourself um, because this is this is going to be a while. This is going to be a marathon and we all need to be in the best shape possible. And that includes stepping away uh, from, you know, constant, you know, TV and social media and uh, everything that is um, just, you know, sharing gloom and doom with us. You're allowed to stop and be a person for a minute. Go, you know, take a take a socially distanced walk Um or go hug a dog or, you know, do whatever it is that you do to feel safe and good. Stop and take a breath. Um, some of the great meditation apps are offering a lot of free content right now. Um, I personally love Headspace um, and they have a whole bunch of uh, very focused meditations right now for the current conditions and um, Calm has a, a lot of uh, content available as well and I've found those to be really, really useful. It's really important right now to, you know, to eat something, get some sleep, and most importantly, take good care of yourself until the next time.